a classic neck-breaking beat. An artfully produced neo-soul jam. And a legendary producer steps up to the mic. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It's time for another themes and variation. Right off the bat, a little bit of housekeeping and a huge thank you for anybody that checked out our last episode featuring the one and only Kimbra. She was absolutely incredible on the episode. And what else is absolutely incredible is her course, Kimbra Vocal Creativity Arranging and Production, available exclusively at soundfly.com. So be sure to check it out if you haven't. And if you have, thank you so much for doing so. On today's episode, we are breaking down some Dilla songs for you. These are songs from the legendary hip-hop producer J.D., J. Dilla. And joining me today are two remarkable musicians and returning guests to the show, Mr. Charles Black Samurai Brichel and Julian Caldwell, a.k.a. J. Swiss. Charles is an incredible multi-instrumentalist, producer, composer, educator, and diplomat, uh, he, I know he studied at Harvard, he studied at New England Conservatory, just a brilliant, brilliant dude. He's also worked with artists like Talib Kweli, Ron Blake, C.L. Rouge, Jason Moran, Iman Omari, just to name a few. And of course, Jay Swiss, just an incredible lyricist and MC, somebody that Charles and I both had the pleasure of working with. And I mean, the guy's gotten accolades from all over, from Hip Hop DX to Dope Boys, Complex Magazine, uh, Respect Magazine. He's also worked with some incredible artists himself, like Ben Williams, Marcus Strickland, Nicholas Payton, EJ Strickland, uh, Daru Jones, Chris Dave. I mean, so, so many amazing artists are calling on Swiss to bless their tracks. Dilla is one of those artists that their influence is just so ubiquitous that when Charles suggested, you know, what if we did an episode just on Jay Dilla, that it just felt so right and so appropriate. And I'm so thankful to have both he and, and Swiss on this episode. Uh, two other artists that I can safely say were, were very influenced by Dilla and absolutely uh, doing his music justice in the music that they make as well. We get into all kinds of things on this episode through a deep dive into the discography of one of music's greatest artists. So without further ado, let's get into the episode, Dilla Songs. All right, folks, some return guests, some return heavy hitters for a very, very special episode. We have Mr. Julian Caldwell, a.k.a. Jay Swiss. How you doing, Swiss? I'm doing great. Here to talk about one of my favorites, so it's always good. Yes, sir. Welcome back. And, of course, Mr. Charles Brichel, a.k.a. Black Samurai, who will be joining us a little bit later. Swiss, we had you guys on our second episode ever, songs that use the same sample. And you, of course, picked uh, Dilla's track from The Shining, Won't Do, uh, using that Strangers in the Night sample. And it was either you or Charles, one of you guys were like, we should just do a Dilla episode. The three of us, three different kinds of musicians for sure, all joined, I think, by hip hop and our love of hip hop and jazz and where all that intersects and all impacted so much by Dilla. Were there any songs that you thought about before arriving on your selection for this episode? Oh, man. 
I thought for a second Thelonious. That's like a, a time where we get to hear Jay Dilla rap and kill it. Mm-hmm. He's on that track with Common, and and most people respect Common as one of the the best wordsmiths that we've had, you know, in a while in the history, really. Mm-hmm. And that Jay Dilla is on there making a fire beat. That's a classic beat, and also out rapping Common <laughs> on the song was something that I thought would be really really cool to talk about. That would have been six. That follows the track that Charles picked on like Water for Chocolate, right? Mm. Like we could have gone back to back on that. There are some new dribs and drabs, like some records that are unfinished beats that get released and everything, and that maybe keeps the the appetite for his music like in the zeitgeist. But like, you know, it's been fifteen years since his passing. What keeps you coming back to his music? Without getting into anything technical, it's just the feel. Like stuff just feels so mm-hmm. good. Um, I didn't think of this song to pick, but like climax over the past year, I've come back and played Dude, that yeah. over yeah. and over again. I have a, a Jay Dilla picture on my wall in my little creative space at home. Mm. As soon as I put it up, like I was just like, I need to play Climax immediately because it just feels the vibe, you know. So I think the feeling and then also for me, I feel like in a live setting, I always wind up coming back to Jay Dilla, whether it's my own decision or people, you know, that I'm playing with, you know, if I'm ever playing with live musicians that are kind of at the intersection of, you know, hip hop and jazz or mm. BAM, if you will. And you just need something that's just got a nice pocket to just jam and either do instrumental or throw some some freestyle rhymes over. Whether it's my decision or somebody else's, they do Dilla. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. so many times I'm in like a, a jazz club and it's like, oh man, Jay Swiss going to do something with us. We're going to throw in some Jay Dilla yeah. and just rock, you know? <laughs> I remember being in a lab at Berkeley with like 12 bass players, all, all really good players. And uh, each week, somebody new would bring in a track that we'd all try and learn to play along. I brought in his remix of uh, The Far Side's She Said. Mm, yeah. I guess everybody needs somebody to love. You can't keep love lonely. Cause being naive to it, you could just lose That line is like not complex harmonically at all. But we went around the circle and nobody could get it right. Like mm. we've talked about this at length, but it's like it's either way too stiff, which will never fit in a, in a Dilla groove, or you lean way too hard in the like, oh, it's just super sloppy. And I'll just like randomly place these notes wherever I, I want. And that is not what he's doing at all. It's mm. like everything is perfectly where it needs to be. It's just so uniquely placed, and and uh, that's my big uh, my big spiel on on Dilla. Anyways, let's get into the first track, which is this. Them stakes is high. We be talking about them. 
focal point, bring it damage to your bar. Be some brothers from the east with the beats that be All right, we are, of course, listening to De La Soul's Stakes is High. Do you remember when you first heard it? What you thought when you first heard it? Uh, I think about the original sample, too. Um, the Swahili land. I think I, I heard Stakes is High first. Um, yeah. And then even going back and finding the sample. And then just like that, bringing a, like a smile to my face, too, hearing the original sample. You know, starts off and then hearing the da da da, and then yep. just thinking how he flipped it, and just like ah, oh, incredible. I'm really disappointed in myself too, cause I forgot like an incredible memory that I have with this song. Seeing De La Soul live, this was maybe I don't know. I want to guess it was like 2008 ish, 2009. Mm. Um, and I went with like friends of mine that aren't like really big music heads that I you know grew up with. So I was probably the most excited about De La Soul, but. I specifically was looking forward to hearing them do this song. I think they did it in, what was it? I think it used to be Best Buy Theater or whatever it used to be called, um, the city in Midtown. I think they did this song towards the end of the set. And like, I remember you hear the first notes. It's like, oh, finally they're doing it. I don't know if I'm exaggerating in my mind, but like, I feel like the lights were like extra bright yellow. And it was just like, (laughs) and it was like, the song is on. I'm just in the middle of the crowd. Just like, yes, like let this song wash yeah. over me you know this is what i was waiting for the whole time obviously it's daylight yeah. soul so they have a whole incredible set of music but like yep. this song hitting me and then you know the bass is a little bit delayed in the song Ooh. and it comes in and just yeah that that moment right there i'm uh supremely jealous of that experience <laughs> thank you so much for <laughs> i had a drummer friend named jared farney uh, just incredible, incredible drummer. We had bands back when in my, the first school I went to but before Berkeley. And I was getting into Glasper and he had this bootleg of the Glasper trio at Bonnaroo. It was Bonnaroo 2007 and they do a Dillalude in it. And he was showing me this track for the Chris Dave fluttering hi-hat, the two sticks like the... couldn't picture how Chris was playing that on the drum. So that was mind blowing. But I was listening to it for like, yo, what is this track that they are playing? What is this track? And like, I mean, the internet wasn't that bad back then, but it was still like trickier, I think, to find like what was going on. Found out it was stakes, got into into this track. It absolutely like changed the way I approached everything in my life musically. Like this was one of the first tracks that I YouTube to MP3 and like ripped it and put it on my iPod and like <laughs> looping it over and over and over. This is also at a time, um, like in high school, I listened to a lot of metal. At this time, I was still listening to a little bit of it, like As I Lay Dying or like Kill Switch Again, like this weird metalcore stuff. And the feeling I got from listening to that of like the pure energy was the same feeling I got when I was listening to Stakes and then listening to Dilla's music. And it was so weird, these polar opposites in music, but getting that exact same feeling was, was really, really powerful. Mm. Uh, the samples. There are a couple samples on this track. Um, What's the other sample? So the other one's not as prevalent, but it's it's James Brown saying vibe okay, vibration. That, that yeah. is uh, that uh, from Mind Power. Vibe vibration. I had no idea that was a sample, but it works. Uh, it, it's a big part of the track, but the track, of course, is Ahmad Jamal's Swahili Land. I mean, that record, uh, Jamal plays Jamal. Later record in his career, absolutely incredible. Um, this line appears earlier in the track, and then mm-hmm. the track launches off into this incredible improv section. 
the moment that he actually samples is much later in the track. Mm-hmm. And so like just Dilla's dedication, he's in all these kinds of different music. He's like pulling all these records and just listening to them as thoroughly and intently so he can find that 10 second loop. This uh, sample, the way he chops the sample in the bass line, the way he fits it to a, a, a backbeat groove uh, is something I kind of, I'm calling it the rule of threes for this. It's kind of ridiculous, but whatever. It's, it's called the rule of th- threes, in my opinion. So he frames that sample in a, in a three-bar phrase. That mm-hmm. whole phrase, do, 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 is a three-bar phrase, which then, like, that's so rare. It's so rare in music, not not just hip-hop, but, like, just that's music some, in general. That's some Q-tip-ish right there. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's electric relaxation vibes. Exactly. Like, it's, it's a... Uh, uh, a total form that's like, you know, this is not just four. Because so many times you're going to loop something. It's like, hey, we got four bars. Great. Let's go. Mm-hmm. No, this is a three bar phrase, which is so sick. The other rule of three, rule number two, um, the the like heavy injected parts on it that do, 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 right? Those are like the real energetic parts of the loop. Those happen every third beat. It's happened on mm. beat one, beat four of the first bar, and then beat three of the second, which it flips that that sample. It puts it in a very unique place where it just floats over the bar. I could listen to this loop for 12, 15 minutes and not get bored and tired of it or anything yeah. like that. And fi- I mean, finally, that doo-doo is a dotted eighth note. So there's like three eighth note groupings there. So that's my third rule of three. Yeah. Yeah. And that three bar, that three bar loop idea, and like I said, that electric relaxation is exactly what I was thinking of. Like, I think those two songs and being three-bar phrases, and they really sound like, oh, it doesn't sound that complicated, you know, but when trying to replay them, you know, with bands or even with, you know, orchestras and and yet, electric realization goes so far as that, like, those verses are like, the verses are like 18 bars or like 21 bars. <laughs> yeah. Know? It's like, it's like really abstract. So it's a genius of, of Adila and even in, in the Q-tips, you know, example to take a, take a, a phrase that's so um, unorthodox and make it feel so good to that until you try to recreate it. You don't even realize like, wait, this is three bars. This is what yeah. you have no idea when you listen to it, you know, hundred percent. And and because of Dilla's production, like pauses and Dave's uh, verses on this track are like, there's nine bars, there's six bars, there's yeah, five yeah. bars, like they're, they're all different. <laughs> and it creates this really organic thing. I mean, having bands that like would have MCs guests and stuff, this track was like the ultimate test that if you had an MC that could that could absolutely hang on this track, you had somebody that was incredible. Swiss, you were one of these MCs for sure that could like I might hang have, on a track. Well, like I, this, I remember you know? vividly though when you had the mm. the jam session, the um 
the playground session. Yeah, yeah. And I missed the Jay Dilla one. I was mad because I found out about <laughs> you guys mad. like the third one, <laughs> the second yeah. or the third one, and I was like, oh, you guys did Jay Dilla last week. Like, ah, yeah. I missed it. <laughs> yeah. So I, like, I can't remember yeah. if I ever later. Well, you did do a Jay Dilla tribute like a couple years into it later. I'm so sure there was another. I'm yeah. sure there was another. I missed a lot of things about New York. That's like one of the biggest. Um, because I want to touch on the harmony because it is so rich on this and this was one of the first things like i remember learning on piano and like trying to dissect and figure out what was going on but it's just diatonic to f minor all the chords really and and if you have a piano at your disposal please go play these changes because they're so beautiful but it's f minor 9 to d flat major 7 to c minor 11 b flat minor 9 a flat major 7 g minor 9 c7 alt to F minor nine is a, is a Dillaism, which I want to talk about with you guys some more, but like that very uh, dance uh, kind of move. Hey, Mahia, what are you up to? Just honing my skills with Soundfly's newest course, Kimbra, vocal creativity, arranging, and production. You mean it's out? You know it. And whether you're an aspiring vocalist yourself or a producer interested in treating the voice as one of many tools in your creative shed, this one-of-a-kind course will help you develop new methods for making compelling music. And does this course have the same kind of in-depth explanations, engaging activities, and practical suggestions I've come to expect from Soundfly? It sure does. Plus, whether you choose to go through it on your own via the subscription or with the guidance of a personal Soundfly mentor, the online Slack community will be ready to support you along the way. Wow, this sounds like a great way to get going on some of my musical goals for this year. Is there anything else I should know? Just that, if they'd like to become subscribers, listeners of this show should go to soundfly.com and use the code THEMES at checkout. That way, they'll get a major discount. And that's THEMES in all caps, right? Yep. Fantastic. I'll be sure to let them know. While you're at it, would you mind reminding them that Soundfly's mission is to help musicians make meaningful progress on their learning and creative goals? I can definitely do that, Mejia. In fact, I have a feeling they already know. Thanks, Carter. All right, I'll let you get back to the show. And I'll let you get back to Kimbra, vocal creativity, arranging, and production. When I think of stakes as high lyrically, I think more of like the flow than even than even the lyrical content. And I think it's perfect even how you're talking about, you know, this three bar phrase and kind of how it allows, you know, little sections that are like nine bars and five bars and things like that. I think like the great thing about Daylight that was like innovative is the way that they were like flowing in kind of unorthodox way. Um, even when it wasn't that type of nine bar, even if it was within a 16, the way they would structure and words would float from one bar to another. I think it like it works perfectly. The music, like the, the bars are odd a little bit. The way that they're yep. flowing is a little bit odd but it feels right and then it's over something that's just really hard hitting at the same time like all all together is is perfect i I said i don't think this song is like groundbreaking lyrically Mm -hmm. in what they're saying i agree agree. but like but just the way that it's flowing over it is is perfect it's such a perfect fit for a day law 100 percent. yeah um so the one thing just like a classic dilla move when he's working with the mpc 
to break the base out is using a low pass filter. So he's letting the base actually come mm-hmm. through and shine, um, which is a big thing. Like in this track too, a lot of the verses you'll cut out the the high end of the sample, so you're losing the the melody and the keys, but yeah. you're keeping the the drum. So I want to play you guys that spot here where uh, he's going full low pass and just letting the bass really shine. Love don't get you through life no more. It's who you know and how you son and how you getting in and who the man holding he up and how was the skin and how high yo what up huh? I heard you call the body seem like every man and woman shared a life with John. I mean every artist that worked with Dilla, it seems like everybody has a Dilla story that's like yeah he came in and listened a little bit to what we had for five minutes and then went out dug through a crate found the exact sample and then made a beat that was like a hundred times better in five minutes you know like i mean one of the things when i think about him as a sampler too and one thing i think that makes him just so unique compared to almost anybody who's you know been a been a producer that's that's heavily sampled is just how much he's also influenced like live musicians who have come after him you know so to be someone who you know might sample drums and then change how drummers play (laughs) forever after you is just so insane uh, so speaking of drummers and incredible producers, we have Charles Bruchel, I believe, joining us. Let's uh, dive into his track and have him break it down with us. Yeah, baby boy. In the place. To be. I'm writing shit that I feel Raps of black steel in the hour of commotion Emotion of calm It's like that of an ocean devotion Cause I'm the earth wind and fire A hip hop I rock him in short I've been inspired My shit knocks and So Charles, what are we listening to? Man? Yeah, this is this is Nag Champa This is from the Like Water for Chocolate album Which I think is a definitive record for Common For those who don't know Common mm-hmm. It definitely is a his one of his definitive records uh, and definitely it's kind of a turning point in his career where people were starting to really like understand his vibe you know because mm-hmm. I guess socially conscious hip-hop you know this is this is the late 90s now early 2000s I believe this record came out in 2000 proper um, yep so this is a real turning point and for me growing up in that era this was the record I first found out about Common really because this the main single is the song The Light. song was went crazy on radio and it was like nothing that was on the radio at the time so I became aware of Common and but I didn't you know at that time I was young so I didn't really listen to this record until years later um and I remember I don't know when I first heard this song it I mean it might have it might not have been till I was in college but I remember the impact of hearing this song for the first time I was like what is this like you know because like I was getting into Dilla through all these random records definitely Fantastic Volume 2 with Chas Thelonious on it which is also on this Like Water for Chocolate record 
You know what's the rap shit we bought to own it. You know what? As a producer and composer, like my favorite era, I think, of music or the one that inspires me the most is the Soul Quarians era or the Uma yeah. era, which is basically like 98 to like 2002, which is when you have Voodoo, Like Water for Chocolate. Um, you also have Things Fall Apart, Mama's Gun, just a bunch of classic records that are all recorded at Electric uh, Lady Studios. And, uh, and yeah, so there's this time where you have The Roots, you have Kami, you have Dilla, you have Q-Tip, you have Erica Badu, you have James Poyser, you have all these people, you have D'Angelo, you have all these people making music in this studio. And all these classic records come out and they're all collaborating with each other. The funny thing about this record, though, is that Common was actually going to Detroit a lot to work with Dilla for this. And this was one of the first songs that started this record. Um, So, you know, this definitely set the tone for what he wanted to do. From the beginning, like that reverse guitar, it's like, what is it? What I'm, you know, what's happening? Yeah. And then when the drums hit and that bass line, like the texture of that bass, and I don't know if he did this on the move or not, but the texture of it was so impactful for me. And the way it locked with the drums, I was like, this is something different. This is something I've never heard before because I've heard synth bass on tracks, but I never heard this kind of interplay between a synth bass and the drums that really felt like it was two different musicians playing together, you know, and it just puts you in this mood, which the name Nag Champa, if anyone knows what that is, is a type of incense. So it really is one of those tracks where I feel like it's perfect, honestly. Like it's one of those tracks where I'm like, this is a perfect song. Exciting, enlightening, inviting. I'm writing shit that I feel. Raps of black steel in the hour of commotion, emotion of calm. It's like that of an ocean devotion, cause I'm common. You know, he's very lyrical, like his his lyrics could be, you know, dense. As you get in that, even in that song, you know, he's fitting in a lot of words, but the way that he's even inspired to just start like very sparse and just hit you with the exciting. Invite to like the instrumental brings that out. It's not like no, I'm just gonna come and rap and rap and it's not like let me like pick a spot, you know, in here that's that's real smooth. And that's like that's just what the instrumental I feel like brings out. You know? I want to talk about the chorus, of course, because there's there's an obvious melodic uh, trope that Dilla, which again, Dilla singing. He's on singing song, on right? it, yeah. Like, and I didn't realize that until recently. Neither did I. Yeah, I was like, oh, because that's how casual it is. It's like, yeah, Dilla just sung the hook. Yeah. So that la la la, that sounds familiar. That's a classic, Dilla. I mean, fall in love, of course. That line, that da da da, that to me is a Dillaism. Definitely. Right? So, are there any any Dillaisms in like the production, in in lyrics, in beat, anything that you're like that go like just as much smaller, like a microcosm of things that he does, not just like the general feel or vibe of the track, but like what is a thing that's like that's Dilla? I can point to that that technique, 
that sound and say that's Jay Dilla, that's JD. Well, definitely how he drops out the harmony at certain points and it's just drums and bass. Mm-hmm. But it ha- it happens so subtly though that it's like you don't even realize it. But that's definitely a Dilla thing because it like. I mean, it's like that's the thing we've been talking about. It's like, okay, Dill is a masterclass on harmony. Dill is a masterclass on bass lines. He's a masterclass <laughs> on drums, you know, and all that. Yeah. And a, as a rapper, but you know, I think that the foundation of his tracks is really the drums and bass, and the harmony is like that special sauce, you know. But mm-hmm. he's able to, you know, he can low pass things and just have the bass and drums knocking, and it's great. So there's a lot of little yeah. like drops that he does that are even more you know there's the pronounced ones in the top of the verse but they're like even more subtle subtle moments where where certain things drop out and i think it just helps to accent the groove more and i think that's something that's very dilla-esque how we bring it y'all yeah second Yo, women cry, children laugh, men dance, I refuse to lose The one for me that's my favorite is that like that that synth, which you'll hear it's all over the place, but on climax, we were talking earlier, climax is in the back that that synth hits me every time, dude. That's a Dilla for sure, man. Oh my god. I'm on it. What You know, the, the thing that for me that made this track so crazy when I heard it is that I love that random synthesizer that's just kind of soloing throughout the track, like just playing these lines. Because to me, that was the thing that was most unique about this track than other Dilla tracks. Like, I feel like a lot of Dilla tracks are very, like, heavily based on the sample but this felt like there's a lot of playing going on and it could be you know it could be like james poisier playing on top of this like it's very it's very likely that musicians could have played on top of it and it's just not credited um but you know it's just still like that kind of loose thing that's happening this kind of you know these random synth lines that are coming in and then of course the reverse guitar coming in like these just really random elements that are just floating over this crazy bass and drum groove, you know, that all sounds so relaxed, but then also kind of puts you in this kind of like almost meditative state, which to me, I think very much heavily influenced how Common approached the song. It's funny. I actually like, I know this song, but I don't like super, super, super know this song super well. But even like, um, you know, in the lyrical content talking about, like you said, he's a normal person. He, you know, likes to get women and all that stuff too. It's funny. I always think about, about that with like a slum village and when people, I guess you could say like even older hip hop fans will say like, oh, you know, the young hip hop, like it's not talking about anything. Like, you know, the, mm. the golden era of hip hop, like that's when music was about substance. And, and like, I always feel like for those people, like Jay Dillon slum village would be like at the peak of that stuff. But all of their lyrical content is just like about like women getting money and stuff too. So it's really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was really just like that yeah. that feel, like that soulful and boom bap feel, you know that that gave them that golden era sound. But to say like, oh, it's all about substance, you know, right, right. is 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 not there too. And I just think, like I said, that's the thing. Like with that, as far as as technically impressive, once you dig down, you know, with with um with you know Dilla's stuff, you know, it's just. It's just that really great raw feel, you know, at the same time. And just like, 
just just talking ish over it too just just raw whatever life is like you can get deep but it doesn't need to get deep it's just like just throw on a, d- a dope instrumental and let's go What are we listening to here, man? We are listening to Think Twice from Jay Dilla featuring Dwelle not singing, but on um, trumpet featuring Jay Dilla on the vocals. I'm going to assume that you knew exactly what you were doing, Carter, putting these songs in order, because I feel like it's like the perfect progression. You get, you know, Jay Dilla just straight up sampling, dope beat, they're going in. Then you get Jay Dilla a little bit more, you know, musical and him singing, you know, you hear, which is a rare thing. And then we get like to no sample really at all, a recreation of a, of a song, you know, a reimagining of, you know, Donald Byrd's Think Twice. And then also Jay Dilla singing the lead throughout the whole song, um, which is really dope. Swiss, we're going to pretend that's exactly what I was thinking for sure. Uh, I, it's a happy accident. I think, for sure, but I'm glad that you picked that out and pointed it out. Um, yeah, that threw me for a loop because I, I, when I was like, Think Twice featuring Dwelle, it's like, okay, like, yeah, this, it doesn't sound quite like Dwelle, but it still sounds really good. And then you like figure like, oh, it's Dilla yeah, yeah, singing. Yeah. I think Dwelle actually <laughs> even played bass on this track too. Like there, he, I think he's all over it. There was, he had a credit for trumpet on this track. Right. Like, I mean, I know trumpet. Yeah. Trumpet yeah. is like a main instrument of his. That's um, amazing. For, yeah, I knew that about Dwelle. So I figured he was, I thought, I thought for the longest he was singing and on trumpet. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. I didn't realize that Jay Dilla When I first heard the track, I would listen to a lot of Dwelle, and his records had him singing and playing trumpet. So I was like, yeah, this, of course, is just Dwelle doing all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And right. I think uh, Kareem Riggins on drums, yep. who comes up routinely when you're talking Dilla. Uh, my God, yeah. Uh, we talked last time, I mean, with The Shining, just how he finished the, the production of that record uh, mm. after Dilla's passing, too. So pretty incredible. Uh, Swiss, take it away, man. So, I mean, the really dope thing is I think like with a lot of these songs you're talking about, Dilla, like Dilla introduces, you know, you to whatever the samples or whatever is being reimagined. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when I first, I mean, this this song came out as 2001, but it wasn't until probably like 10 years later that I actually heard, you know, this version of Think Twice, Jay Dilla's version of Think Twice. But by that time, I was actually familiar with the Donald Burr record, you know, first. This track, it's not like a straight up sampling, but it almost feels like if Donald Byrd was Jay Dilla, but was hit with the same exact inspiration that he had in making his Think Twice. If that makes any sense. Like it, it, feels, it feels like exactly like if, if Donald Byrd make th- made Think Twice, yeah. but he was Jay Dilla. <laughs> <laughs> like, that absolutely flipped my like brain but yeah I think that I think it, I yeah yeah, yeah. like um 
<laughs> yeah, I yeah. was gonna get into like I was yeah. gonna get into this really complicated like um. <laughs> Well, not super complicated, no, but kind of complicated visual for how I kind of see like inspiration. Yeah. And how I see like, you know, inspiration is kind of, it's almost like, you know, if you think of how film works and you kind of have like a light that goes through, you know, that's projected through something and that's how the image comes out on the screen. Mm-hmm. You know, I almost feel like there's the inspiration is like that light. And then like you are, you are that lens that the light comes through. Mm. So to me, it's almost like, the song Think Twice is like that light and then it's like through Jay Dilla's lens, through Donald Byrd's lens. And I feel like if you took that same light and just and just, you know, flipped them, like that's that's what this is. Not to wow. get too abstract. That's not <laughs> no, that's beautiful. That absolutely makes but, um, perfect sense. I love but that. But the thing the reason why I just I wanted I wanted to pick this song because I think, you know, you talk about how great, you know, Jay Dilla is his producer and finding samples and, and and flipping samples, but to just be on such another level to you know, fully imagine a song and say, we're not just going to like even take any part of the song and, and manipulate it and flip it. We're going to do our own thing completely. Um, yeah. And reimagine in that way. It was just like brilliant. And I don't think you really see many producers even attempt that period, let alone, you know, do it so well. This is, yeah, man, like it, it's hitting me now too, just how different <laughs> this would like a departure would have been for Dill. Like he he's singing. Like we noticed, yeah, he sings the hook. Yeah, he's singing. On I was even stuff, like reading like, an article. Yeah, you know, he's like he was for some. He was like picking the strings and the piano yeah, yeah. with the guitar pick. And I mean, he was like really it, going in live instruments like throughout, yeah. and not something that. But still, it has a, a Dilla vibe to it, which I think is incredibly difficult to recreate. There mm-hmm. is one thing. It's the smallest, most subtle thing that I think maybe I don't think is on the original Donald Byrd version, but there's a really cool, just a, a flat two major chord on this transition here I want to play for you guys. I think we talked about this last podcast. Like, I recreated that with my band. It's one of the first things we yep. did. And not knowing the Donald Byrd version. And we but we did everything we that Dilla was doing. Like we had I think Kaz was like like he he played the piano, like he like put his finger in the piano and like played that random like, you know, little mm. note, repeating note. Like we tried to redo it almost, but we did our own way. But it's fun to to like read about it now and see basically like Dilla was just like experimenting in the studio, you know, jamming with these with Kareem Riggins, with Joel with different musicians. And, you know, just completely reimagining this song. And apparently he wanted Erica Badu to sing it. And it didn't, yeah. and didn't work out. And then he's just like, mm. whatever, I'm going to do it. The thing to take away from this track, too, is like, he's a, he's a master arranger. Well, how yeah. did he get to that without really studying, maybe arranging in a traditional sense? It's crate digging, man. It's digging through all those records and finding all those myriad examples of like, okay, I'm going to take that 30 seconds from there. I'm going to take... Dude, the Reminisce baseline was, as legend has, it chopped from three different baselines. Nobody knows what baselines they were, but like yeah. to think on that level and to think like it, it is something that you can only teach yourself through... 16 hours a day with an MPC. Like that's all, all you can do. And uh, good luck trying to recreate what, what he did. But like that, 
that time, that time in the shed with the NPC and with like millions of records, um, really, really, I think brought him to this point where he could be an incredible arranger like he is yeah. on this record. And I feel like, yeah, I think like all of these together, it just brings in the full, the full circle yes. of, of, yes. of just how amazing, you know, that he could, that he could find a sample um that would fit so amazingly that he could cut it in a way that other people wouldn't cut it um you know that that he could even sing on the tracks that he could influence other musicians after being someone who sampled other musicians and then also like oh on top of all of that you think i could just sample like i'll actually just recreate a whole song in a whole fresh new way like i mean what there's no producer that could say all of that in totality you know Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But a but a Jay Dilla and like that's what that's what I love about you know like think twice it's not it probably won't show up on most people's like top ten you know essential Jay Dilla tracks but like I just think like it's it's just another like maybe last piece of the puzzle of just the incredible things he was able to to um you know display in, in his toolbox you know. Like for me, what's important, like why I was so gung ho when we, the first time we got on the, the podcast to talk about Dilla is that I feel like as things progress, you know, less and less people, you know, the young people who get into hip hop are really aware of Dilla, you know, or really aware of his impact. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's just always important to keep pushing his narrative because I think. There's so many things that are influenced by him now that people coming up and, and checking out new artists don't realize that these artists are heavily influenced by Dilla. So they're like, oh, these artists, man, they got this groove and yada, yada, yada. So I, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I feel like an advocate, you know, even a disciple of Dilla. Like I'm definitely like in the school of like, I know it's going to be my entire life work understanding Jay Dilla. Like I know it's something I'm always going to mm-hmm. be studying always going to be trying to like learn from it's never going to be like yeah jay dilla i understand that cool there's always going to be something for me so that's one of those things where like you know just like coltrane or miles like there's certain musicians that i know like my entire life i'm going to be studying these musicians as i no matter what i do i'm always going to come back to them i'm never going to feel like yeah i understand that there's some musicians where it's like yeah okay i understand that and i'm, I'm good on that I'm, you know, I'm good on that. You know, I'm, I'm good on Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. good on that. But you yeah. know, Dylan, I'm, you know, yeah. I'm never gonna be satisfied. You know, and I think that's really what makes somebody a genius or a legendary artist is that whatever they do during their time can span the generations. So I just feel, as a musician, as a producer, it's part of my job to continue to make people aware of how influential Dilla is and, you know, how impactful he his music has been and how impactful it was during his time, but especially since his time. It is important as we get older, as artists that were just influenced to the nth degree, 
by by JD that it's like we you're right, Charlie. Like we have to carry that torch for sure, and and anything we do. Hopefully, this this podcast episode is like a very small uh, part of that for sure. But I think in the music that we make, it's always going to be incredibly prevalent. I have a really just a quick hitter question for you guys. What's your favorite Dilla Chop? Your favorite like he sampled this, turned it into that. Uh, those can be pretty hard to find, but just you have a favorite chop or a favorite couple of of chops from Dilla. I'll give you mine while you guys are thinking. So mine, I don't want to say a couple because I don't want to steal any of yours. But uh, so his track, Dreamy. Uh, He chops up uh, Dave Grusin's The Colorado Trail. I actually listened to it. So beautiful. And it's one of those melodies gets stuck in your head. It's credited as track four. And the record I know it from is, is called Another Batch. samples uh, many rippers in, inside my love to it's also the remix to uh, fall in love look a look at oh, love yeah love same, same, same beat, gotcha. same beat, yeah. Hey baby, what love got to do with this? Huh? Yeah, I don't know, but um, you know what love is. Say it with me sometimes. You know what love is. The first thing that came to mind was really dope. It's gonna seem random, but in Find Find a Way by Try Call Quest, mm. um, the it's like a. Elect like a techno type of song. The vocal, the din 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 It's just like the vocal sample, but like when you hear that song, and he's not really chopping it up; he's just like taking a part of it, but. Just a decision to hear that song and find a way to use that at all is crazy to me. Now you cut my heart for the evening. Kiss my cheek, move in, you confuse things. Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way. Now sing it, sing it. Now you cut my heart for the evening. Kiss my cheek, move in, you confuse things. Should I just sit out or come harder? Tell me find my way. Now talk it out. Charles, first up, man, what what's going on with you musically? What can our listeners check out? I know you're talking New Love Experiment record, which I'm just like so so stoked on. But uh, yeah, man, what's what's going on? Uh, a lot of things. I will just quickly say because I it's gonna kill me if I don't say. I also have to say Lightworks by Jay Dillard is one of my favorite flips because it introduced me to the wonderful yeah. work of Raymond yeah, Scott. Of course, yeah. Which is if you don't know who Raymond Scott is, check him out. He made all these weird ass commercials with synthesizers back in their like uh, early 60s. Sparkle and gleam, 
all over the place but recently as of december 2020 started a sample pack label called lex sounds which is an offshoot of the love experiment um so been working on a lot of making sample packs but also we have a new record coming out called velvet which we're finished we're doing the last final touches on it jay swiss is on this record um and then we're also you know collaborating with a lot of people we have another single with swiss that will hopefully drop later this year um, we have a beat tape that's going to come out, uh, I don't maybe next month, it, you know, once the record is done, the beat tape is coming out. So it could be as early as, as April um, or May. And that's with the love experiment. I'm also finally working on a lot of music as my rap persona, Carnival Kid. I have a project with this amazing saxophonist uh, and vocalist Braxton Cook called Black Infinite. And we we released a song in December called The Vibe, and then we released another song in February called Right Time, and we have a couple more singles dropping. Uh, and then I've just been collaborating with a lot of different artists, working on releasing my first singles just as myself, uh, as Carnival Kid. And yeah, then also have some other beat tapes kind of in the stash. So a lot of music is it's just hard to navigate right now with quarantine and all these things like all the projects I want to do and you know having the world open and shut all the time but uh, you know I'm definitely looking forward to this year being a year where all of my hats come out anytime I'm like I'm I'm too busy. I'm going to think of you and uh, realize <laughs> right. that like, no, you're not. You got more to do. And also as somebody that has absolutely, I, I dove so deep into your first sample pack uh, that went up on Splice and uh, good God, man. I mean, having the opportunity to have played with you, uh, it just felt so good to be able to pull some of your drum breaks out, <laughs> pull some Kim vocals, some like some Parker bass, like dude, band i say it a million times i say it every time i see you but the love experiment is like my favorite band ever and it's so so good and so i know last last pod we talked you're like we got this record velvet coming on i was so excited and now the anticipation is just it's built. coming that's all it's, that's happened it's coming. There's been more time so now i'm <laughs> anticipating even more um but i'm excited for that swiss what is new with you man i know you got lots going on as always uh please share it with our listeners yeah I am too excited about the Love Experiment record. <laughs> um, just to hear just to hear in general and also like to be on it and even being on the last one is still still one of my favorite features for mm-hmm. like the song I was on and then to be a part of that whole project. Like I just um I did like a set on Soho Radio recently where I got to play some of my own music and, and songs nice. that I was a part of and that was like <laughs> at the top of the list. You know, that's one of my favorites. So and that's like after after five yeah, years man. or so we get another one. Yes. So I'm excited about that. Uh, for sure. I'm also um, in the middle of a, a campaign called First Thursdays. Um, I'm doing through Bandcamp. So it's new music the first Thursday of every month. Um, started in February out with the bang. 
uh, song Once Again, uh, produced by Paul Bloom, worked with a whole lot, featuring Mark Whitfield on guitar, uh, Ben Ben Williams on bass. Um, so that dropped that dropped in, in February. That was dope. That was a product of um, the lab of, of a, a live performance series where I would do workshopping a bunch of songs. And so had an early version of that song. Did it live once with Ben and, and Mark, who weren't on the original song. Had it just with Paul, yeah. and it went so well. It was like got to get them on the original song, you know. So, um, so yeah, so that dropped in February. I'm in March, dropped a, a song called Energy with um, Sly Fifth Ave on production. You know, that's really dope. High energy track. It's, it's a banger. It's a little bit of a different, it's definitely a different vibe from Once Again. And I think like the two complement themselves. And we got just like a whole, a whole lot more. Like I said the first Thursday of each month. Um, might have some stuff with Love Experiment come out mm, as part of that first yes. Thursdays as well. Wink, mm. wink. So watch out for that as well. And, um, Man, the um the Alchemy EP with Michael Lennart is out now. You know, two that's mm-hmm. on all platforms. Um, I feel like I don't want. There's a whole lot more, <laughs> and between like not wanting to say too much too early, and also not giving people too much to have to grab on mm-hmm. at the same time, I'm just gonna leave it there. So you know, first Thursdays on Bandcamp, and um and Alchemy EP. And that's gonna do it for this episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. We want to know the Dilla songs you love, so as always, there's a link to a Spotify community playlist in our show notes. Feel free to add your selections there. Remember to check out soundfly.com for all of your music learning needs, and as a special treat, we're going to play this episode out with a snippet from the J-Swiss track, once again, featuring Mark Whitfield. We'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme. Second passage, now my mind be dashing in a major way with flows forever coming out that water like I'm David Blaine. <gasps> Take a breath and dive in it five minutes, spend a life in prison, see less bars than my sentences. Penmanship on a whole different time, signature flows five, four, six, eight, nine, sixes. Whatever you throw at me, I handle with ease, like the opposite of Derek Rose knees. And could make a comeback if I had to, change my government name to that dude. That's I got true. the microphone in hand, you know I'm about to rock once again. You know I'm about to rock, let's get it in. I got the microphone in hand, you know I'm about to rock once again. You know I'm about to rock, let's get it in. I got the microphone in hand, you know I'm about to rock once again. You know I'm about to rock, let's get it in. I got the microphone in hand, you know I'm about to rock once again. You know I'm about to rock, let's get it in. Uh, I'm next level like a new screen